welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome to Great Shot Kid, the podcast on the Nerd Party Network that looks at sometimes the overlooked facets of filmmaking. I am John Mills, and this week I have with me a very special guest, the founder of the Nerd Party, Tristan Riddell. Tristan, how are you? Oh, um, I'm doing fantastic, and thank you so much for having me on. I love being on Great Shot Kid, and I love talking Star Wars. Yes, indeed. It's uh, it's always a good time uh, to talk with you. We always uh, try to look for excuses to uh, to podcast together. So this is a treat for me as well, of course. And uh, this week, we're going to have a really interesting topic all about AI, artificial intelligence, in Star Wars. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, anybody who's been following the network or listening to the shows over the last uh, little bit knows that uh, there's an issue with the nerd party where we need to ask for some help. So Tristan, I wanted to give you a chance to uh, let everybody know about that. Uh, yes. Uh, like John said, if you've been paying attention, you have noticed that we've been tweeting, we've been Facebooking, we've been sharing videos and talking about this on every single one of our shows on the nerd party. Every single show has been talking about this. And that is because our network has been hit with a legal claim and it's a, it's a bad situation and we're trying to get out of it. We're, we're trying to uh, fight it and we're trying to fight uh, predatory legal practices like this. And we need your help in order to do that. Uh, we need uh, listeners like you to um, donate, give. And if you can't do that, share the message and spread the message because uh, we are asking for $8,100. It's a very specific number because every single cent of that donation will go towards our legal fund. Every single cent is going to go towards our legal fund and that legal fund is going to help us fight this, get it off our backs and continue doing what we do best. And that is being nerdy, talking about nerdy things because that's what we are. And um, the, the people who are coming after us uh, who made the claim are asking for less than what it would be to go to court. And that's a very strategic move on their part. And we can't really grow into too many specifics uh, because of legal reasons. Uh, but if you want to find out more and you want to help us, you can go to gofundme.com slash the nerd party. Again, that's gofundme.com slash the nerd party it has a video of me talking about the situation it also has a transcription and it allows you to share and if you're going to share please use the hashtag tnp fight and uh, one of the main reasons why we're asking for help is because we don't have business insurance we're not a big mega corporation we're just a bunch of uh, people talking about nerdy things and whatever we don't raise whatever we don't use in uh, whatever we don't raise with the gofundme will have to come out of my personal finances because like john said i'm the founder i'm the publisher and my name's on the masthead and so anything that you can do to help any amount that you can give or any way that you can share is appreciated especially by me so please go to gofundme.com slash the nerd party yeah thank you everybody who has already donated and thank you to everybody who's considering and and you know and waiting for just the right time Every little bit helps. Even a dollar is a dollar more than, than was there yesterday. So thank you, absolutely, everybody, for what you've done. Um, so getting into this week's topic, uh, like I said, it's artificial intelligence in Star Wars. AI, robotics, automata, they are a staple of science fiction. They have been an obsession of science fiction writers and filmmakers since the very beginning because nothing challenges the questions of the nature of humanity than a machine 
that seems human. And so I, I know that we talked about this a little bit uh, beforehand, just as, you know, as we were discussing ideas and everything. So I, I want to ask you what you think of the you know, automata, of the artificial life that we've encountered in Star Wars. It, I mean, I know to me it seems unique from other franchises and stories, but what are the impressions? Like, how would you define AI in Star Wars? I think it's in Star Wars, it's such a different beast compared to other franchises, in my opinion, because it's just, it's matter of fact. Like so many things in Star Wars, things just are, they just work. And like my favorite example of this is the hyperdrive. That's what's so different between Star Wars and Star Trek is that there's there's so much fake science in Star Trek where they, they spend so much emphasis and time on how things work in that universe. Like entire episodes and seasons of shows can be are, are emphasized in how the technology works. And in Star Wars, the hyperdrive just works. It is. That's that's the engine. It makes us go. That's the hyperdrive. And it's the same kind of thing with AI. Like you compared to Star Trek with with data data is data you know he's he's an android he's he's self-aware he has consciousness arguably you know and and that consciousness is debated is he an individual or is he the property of star of starfleet there it sits you know all that kind of business and in in star wars even something that looks like a trash can has emotions and it just is you know it, it just is and i find that fascinating because what would it be like to live in that world where my refrigerator where i'm looking to my left has thoughts and feelings <laughs> and dreams and aspirations and i'm just pissed at it because the milk went bad and it didn't tell me yeah you know it, it, it's interesting because i i agree with i i agree with that assessment of the ai like as so much in star wars is just there but i think one of the things that winds up distinguishing that's very interesting to me is the fact that even the falcon has a personality but it's still there's a hierarchy of existence you know even with the machines it's not like the blaster can think and it's not like the uh you know the the land speeder i mean so far as we know the land speeder (laughs) doesn't talk to you the way that the falcon does um but then you have also distinctions between Let's go to Last Jedi, BB-8 and Evil BB-8, or whatever the designation for that thing is, mm-hmm. right? Like, they have puppy dog personalities, and R2-D2 has a very childlike personality, and, you know, C-3PO is the prim and fussy butler, and, and those sorts of things. But I think that one of the things that also makes Star Wars different is that even when machines have personalities, they're machines, there's always a clear distinction drawn that I think at its core, Star Wars comes from an era that was still a mechanical engineering mindset as opposed to a computer engineering mindset. And so anything that's a machine, I think, was approached at that time from the mindset of people that knew tools and they didn't, you know, it was pre-computer revolution sort of thing. And so I think that is that's reflected in how the machines are constructed and operate within Star Wars. We don't serve your kind here. They don't want yeah, you here. Right? Um, yeah, that always confused me. I was just like, it's it's a robot, you know? Like it's it's a it's a droid. That's weird. What, what's the deal? It's not like they're going to drink anything anyway. Maybe that's the reason well, why. 
that that could very easily be the the reason why. But that's another reason that I love uh, the prequels and the Clone Wars cartoons so much. Is if you're in a galaxy, especially if you're old enough to have remembered the havoc that droids caused, I wouldn't want them in my bar either. You know, <laughs> like I don't know if you're an assassin droid, get out there. You know, I yeah with the um. I, I I like that interpretation that you have there. I I like that uh you know like it's it's in the seventies. It's much more mechanical. It's I mean that's this kind of a clear difference between uh the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Like if you look at the OT, it everything's greasy and dirty and mm-hmm. grimy and 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 hands on. And I know that there's many different interpretations as to why. Um, but you, you know, and and like we're living in a post Vietnam era and. And then when you get to the prequel series, we're in the post-computer revolution. We're in the middle of the digital revolution. I mean, Attack of the Clones was the first major motion picture to be filmed on digital. That's amazing. And yeah. it's just uh, it's so like it, you, it, everything is very clean and prim and proper and, and smooth. And it's just with the droids, it's um, I feel like with the sequel trilogy... Uh, let, let me rephrase that. Not just the sequel trilogy, but with this new era of of Star Wars films with Force Awakens on, including Rogue One and now Han Solo or Solo, whatever. Um, I think the droids are getting more emotional and lifelike. Like if you look at K2SO, you know, like, yes, he's mm-hmm. still very much a machine and, and like he he's he's huge like a machine, but he's a little bit above R2-D2 and uh, from a child to a petulant child, like nobody likes you, you know that. And like, it just kind of yeah. has that air about him. And if you look at the, the, the very, very quick snippets that we've gotten of the droid who's flying the millennium Falcon with Lando, I feel like we're going to get, it's, it's, it's going to be a person. Like that's what I'm, mm-hmm. that's the sense that I'm getting from this new droid and solo is that it's just straight up a person in a mechanical body. Well, I always, uh, I, I always like the fact, um, and and I know that Lucas pointed this out all the way back when when Phantom Menace came out. But like, if you trace the development of the characters, as Anakin becomes more mechanical, the droids become more human. R two and three PO become more quote unquote human, like uh, to the point where in Return of the Jedi, the droid that said, "I'm just an interpreter, not very good at telling stories," is now telling the story that leads to the victory of the rebellion like it's it's a neat little arc and so i think there's still that underlying thing but i think with the evolution of the droids the mechanicals in the the disney era i i think it's a very interesting sort of problem for them to have and to try to tackle is that the i think that that the machines in the the droids in star wars are still uh, they're still anachronistic to science fiction as a whole. I, th- I think it it very much underlies that whole. There's never a. I, I would say, as we're sitting here talking about it, I want to throw this idea out at you because it, it crawls into my brain. I think one of the key things missing is any, and this I guess speaks to the point you were making about how they just are. There's no tortured examination or question for anybody about whether they are beings or whether they are you know like people just they're just there people Mm -hmm. don't have these ongoing discussions or measure of a man episodes about whether 3po counts as a sentient but here here's a disturbing question i actually wrote a blog about this a long long time ago 
But if the droids are more human and, you know, that they're they have intellect and all of those sorts of things, doesn't it constitute slavery to have them in the service of humans? Shouldn't 3PO be allowed to choose to go off and I don't know, be an artist? Oh, or play in a rock band? 100%. I don't I don't think you can argue the opposite. It's very much disposable people. It's if if a machine is sentient, if it has consciousness, if it is aware of itself and has a, like the the ability to make a decision for itself and you are curbing that ability to make that decision for itself by being a person's master, which C3PO says a lot, like Luke's our new master now. You know, he says that to R2. Those are the words he uses. That's he, like Luke is our new master now. And if he has emotions and consciousness and the ability to make decisions and you take that rights away from him, he is very much a slave. Absolutely. Although, is there a, uh, a distinction to be drawn by the fact that 3PO, I think it's pretty clearly inferred, is although does he grow past it by Return of the Jedi? Who knows? Like you know, my own thing where I talk about how they become more human than than Vader was and everything like that. But like three P will three PO ever be anything other than an interpreter? You know, like it's not like we've ever seen an example where a droid, you know, went off and took an art class or something like that to try to better. You know, like they may have these simulated emotions and everything, but. Is it just that in Star Wars we need to accept the idea that they're just behavior imitators? They're not, you know, it's like an M. Sherdlu program. People all thought they were talking to a real person, but it was just a bot set up to continue asking questions so that they thought they were talking to a real person. Okay, okay, so I see what you're saying. Um, like, maybe they're not sentient. Maybe they don't have the ability to to make decisions on their own outside of their programming if it's really just the appearance of personality but then i would argue to you what about what's his name ig88 is that his name the bounty hunter okay are we are, yeah we're, we're going to expanded universe territory here yes well we saw him in empire yeah we saw ig88 in empire he stands still because he's a <laughs> puppet for for a little bit but uh, I, I think maybe you're also going for, because I know they, they paired up Zuckus and 4LOM, I think in, was it Tales of the Bounty Hunters where this happened, where one of them actually achieved like a, a, sen a, a sense of the force, which of course, I mean, if the force is the living force, no droid could ever tap into the force. Well, uh, uh, right? Wow, Hasn't, you're... you're, you're taking like 15 I'm, steps I'm ahead all of over the place sorry yeah like that, all yeah. i was saying was just like ig88 is a bounty hunter that we saw in empire that's all i was gonna say okay sorry i i guess i jumped ahead my apologies that happens, <laughs> that's, that happens. yeah that's all i was gonna say is <laughs> that as like we saw a bounty hunter so i mean as far as we know i we don't know it could be this where like does that bounty hunter have a master or is that bounty hunter in business for himself most bounty hunters are they're their own boss and so if he's his own boss, that means that he's free. He's making his own decisions. And so he's going out for profit and mm. to survive, to live. And I feel like that puppet who had no lines, who was just standing there at Empire, might be the biggest example of a self-made man about how it's not just C-3PO making a facsimile of emotions and decisions that like that's a person living in the universe you know keeping their head down with the flags above their heads well 
and, and don't just uh, point to IG88, but there was also um, Zuckus, who's now known as 4LOM because they retconned that. But um, there, there is another droid there. Uh, 3PO body with uh, the bug eyes. Mm-hmm. You know the guy I'm oh, talking I know, about. I know, I know the guy. So th- there's another one. So maybe... Well, I, you know, we need to definitively answer that then. Maybe there, maybe there's a sentient brain beating somewhere in there. You know, that's uh, could be a cyborg. like the Bomar monks, right? Um, hmm. Yeah. yeah. So if IG88 is going off on his own, but could those be? Is it something where possibly they're simply behavior imitators, but then every so often something grows but if there's the potential for growth then you're still enslaving it that's an inter- that's an interesting conundrum in and of itself did you ever like, see bicentennial man yes i i love bicentennial man i think it's a very underrated yeah. film uh i love the questions that it asked i love the experience uh that the audience went through along with robin williams uh, character and there was a moment where he asked for his freedom with his master and he 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 wanted to be free, even though he didn't want anything to change. He said he's like no, no. He, he like he went to his master. He's like I want to be free. Here here's the price I'm going to pay for my freedom. Here's the money. And the, his master was horribly offended. And he, he said he's like he's like we haven't asked he, we haven't given you an order in years. Yeah, we ask you to do something, but we haven't given you an order. And Robin Williams's character says. But at any time, you could give me an order, and I'd have to follow it. That's why I want to be free. And the master banished him from the house. Said, "Like this is the price of freedom. If you want to be free, you got to live out on your own." And I think that's kind of where I'm coming from with with C3PO. Like if C3PO, he may only want to be an interpreter, and if that's the case, like he may only want to be a protocol droid. Like that that might be his ambition. So that freedom would never be tested because he doesn't necessarily want to do anything else. But the but at any moment, if he said, if he went to General Organa or if he went to um, Luke or whomever or the people in the resistance or the rebellion, if he went to them and said, like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go, you know, to the casinos and just, you know, play some blackjack. They're going to say, uh, no, you're going to do this. And if he argued, they would just wipe his memory and start over. Mm-hmm. And mm. if that's not subjugation, then I don't know what is. But the thing is, C-3PO might never test those boundaries. Yeah, see, the thing is, I think that it's... it's. I would say that this is just something that's never truly pondered just because the the mindset they come from and that the droids are really whimsy. It's not... Like, I would expect this to be explored in Star Trek at... Although, I mean, I I guess, I mean, in a sense, it's really interesting because I guess the the 80s really embraced this robotic exploration, whether whether it was intentional or not, because you also had like the Transformers. And so, and and I know know this is going to seem weird and everything, but like we have the Transformers and they simply exist and we never question their individuality or anything like that. I mean, you know, a whole generation cried when Optimus Prime died (laughs) and... You know, the Terminator, you know, if if he could learn the value of human life, maybe we all could. You know, but at the same time, like, even Terminator's an interesting thing. Maybe that's a way to mark the evolution. That would be really an interesting sort of way to mark, I think you called it out earlier, 
where look at the way the droids are in the originals, look at the way the droids are in the prequel era, and then look at the way the droids are treated in the sequel era. I don't think we've had enough truly novel approaches to droids in the sequel trilogy yet to sort of like form that that data set to compare. Mm -hmm. But it would be so interesting to see each era reflective of you know, the people telling the stories at the time. But at the same time, are we going to get a unified perception of Automata because we're going to have different directors for each film or film series? You know, this isn't one person's vision of droids. They're each going to sort of explore it on their own. Well, I think that works uh, to the advantage of the universe as well as the movies because each director gets to do their own thing and each you know, production house gets to make them look the way that they want to look and make them feel how they want to feel because the Star Wars universe is very much that. It's a universe of different people making droids, different cultures integrating droids into their worlds in different ways. And because it's not like clones where they're all made on um, um, Camino. Camino. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not just... It, it's just like all these clones are made from from Django Fett and this is what they're this is what they're like and like yeah they have different per- each one has different personalities or have different experiences but it's all the same base level it's all they're all treated pretty much the same we all know what we're going to get from them with droids you don't have that because a battle droid is different from a super battle droid and a protocol droid is different from an R2 unit even an R2 unit is different from an R5 unit and then you get into astromech droids and 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 it's just not one culture made them. And so not one yeah. species made them. And so, and also we have droids torturing other droids, which I don't even know how that yeah. works. I Like I always pondered that as a kid. I was like, it's not real feet. They're metal feet and you're putting hot pokers to them. Why is this a thing? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that, that again, that's just the, I, I think you see much more whimsy on Lucas's part. Like droids are a, a are more whimsical and i think that we're you and i and other fans are more hard we have a little bit more hardcore hardcore sci-fi behind us sort Mm -hmm. of thing but i actually as we're talking about this you talk about different cultures making droids a line that has always jumped out at me during attack of the clones is when they happen on the droid factory 3PO sees it and says, machines making machines, how perverse. So there's there's an impression right there that to 3PO, the idea that machines would mass produce other machines, well, if that's the case, why is that perverse to 3PO? Because he's part of a... Seer- I mean, he was made by Anakin Skywalker right. from scavenged parts. So is 3PO a special case specifically because he didn't come from a production line? Is it that Anakin is the reason that 3PO is so different? I think you might be reading too much into that joke. <laughs> I think Oh. I no, no, I mean like I don't want I, I'm not trying to, you know, curb your creativity. No, no, here, I know. But yeah. uh, I I think I think that's it's a fun question. I think I mean as nerds we always want to ask the in-universe questions, not the uh not the extra ones where it's just like, oh, it's George Lucas thinking he's funny. Uh, it's it's that situation of like, what does he mean? And I think that's that's a definite link where he was made by a person. He was made by one person. 
And so, and maybe in C-3PO's mind, he feels like he was born because he wasn't mass-produced. Like, he may be a part of a line that is mass-produced, but he's special because he was made by uh, um, by Space Hitler. No, no. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I'd call him Space Hitler. I just I, I just wanted to see what you'd say, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm trying to think who would he be in that sort of well topic for another time. Another time. Um. So okay. So just as like sort of like a final question though, is we've you know we've touched on the idea that you know machines are treated differently in other science fiction and stuff like that. Pound for pound. Do you find yourself gravitating toward, like, if somebody asks you to define a robot, is Star Wars the first thing that pops into your mind, or is something else? And if so, what is it? Like, if somebody says, "What is a machine?" or "What is a uh, what is a sentient robot to you?" What pops into your mind? Oh, data, without a doubt, hands down, data is the first thing that pops into my head. I okay, it's just. Because we've we've spent so much time, we spent seven season seasons and three movies, um, to, uh, excuse me, four movies on them, and uh, and countless comic books and novels and short stories and everything like that, all focused on one theme, and that's you know like I want to be an individual, I want to be human, and so because I've spent so much time thinking about that with him, uh, he's the first person that pops in my head, and also the Doctor from Voyager. That's a big one. Oh yeah, that's a okay. real big one. Uh, those those two people really make me think about individuality and what it means for a machine to be sentient and conscious. Uh, and with Star Wars, I'm kind of I kind of go with the universe on this one. I go with Lucas, where I'm just like they just are. They're there. They're 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 part of the the decor. And I think you just actually provided the key. Is that we have yet to encounter a robot in Star Wars whose dream or desire is to be more human. Data wants to be more human. The doctor wants to be more human. And the droids, the robots in Star Wars are, eh, so I am. Whatever. Yeah. You know? They're like, oh, man. Cool with it. I could just see, like, C-3PO talking with, with Data saying, man, this sounds exhausting. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, just be happy with what you got. Yeah, right. <laughs> just just have a nice side. oil bath every once in a while. You'll be fine. That doesn't sound comfortable at all. <laughs> do you think Okay, one last question. Do you think that oil bath was hot or do you think it was cold? I think it was It had to be hot. It would have right? to be hot, right? I mean, I just yeah. assume. I I'm pretty sure we saw steam. Did we see I, steam? I I can't recall. Oh man, I'm blanking now. I might have made that up. So, okay, here's the thing though. No, I think we might have seen st- steam. It's been, wow, gosh, I can't believe I, I mean, I, I can recall the shot in my head perfectly, but I can't recall if there's steam or not. Huh. Okay. So I Googled droid real quick and I'm on the Star Wars wiki and yeah. it, did you know that there are classes of droids? Yes. I didn't know this. This has to be like from the expanded universe, right? Because yeah. I, yeah, there's a lot of expanded universe stuff, uh, especially like, like I, I, I mentioned before there was a short story where a droid achieved force consciousness. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Um, Not really, no. So just real quick, the first class, it's it's five classes. First class was made up of droids skilled in mathematical, physical, and medical sciences. Second class is uh, skilled in engineering and technical sciences. Third is 
skilled in social sciences and service functions, which I would assume would be um, C-3PO in there. Uh, yeah. Droids of the fourth class were skilled in military and security functions. And then fifth class were programmed for menial labor and intensive jobs that did not require a high level of intelligence. Well, there you go. So like you're... So they have their... They have their own caste system. Yeah, man. That's um that's interesting. Like that's that adds just a whole new layer of it. So like so if C3PO is a third class droid, where would Astromex fall in? Because you know, like highly skilled in like second class is skilled in engineering and technical sciences. I mean, R2 is super smart and can interact with the computer and do things on his own really well, where C3PO is just kind of along for the ride. But R2, again, is another special case because he's like he's carrying around. He's the one that, I, I mean, he's not a menial labor. So, yeah, I would say that uh, class two because he fixes that. Like he can figure out everything and, and, you know, jack the doors open and stuff like that, you know. Now, so. with, um, now with first class, this kind of stuck out to me. Droid skilled in mathematical, physical, and medical sciences. Do you remember the doctor? in the doctor droid in uh revenge of the sith where he goes to obi-wan and explains padme's situation and he says like she's lost the will to live his voice his emotion and intonations were very human-like i mean i know that c3 c3po is very human-like but there's just always something very you know like uh, you know anthony daniels plays it like a robot it's just like oh my here we go i like C-3PO, human cycle yeah, relationship. Right. Like he, he hits <laughs> yeah. it very hard because he wants to play it as a robot. But when we get to that fir- that quote-unquote first-class medical science droid, that voice is, she's lost the will to live. Um, oh, my God. I just, let's get down and pray. <laughs> you know, like like that's the kind of voice that he has. I um, It's interesting. Like, I wonder if because the, does the voice kind of give away the... Uh, the class, although that doesn't make sense if an astromech is a second class droid, so never mind. Well, I think also that would be interesting because we're we're having these questions about you know do they want to do their own thing? Do they want to branch off or something like that? You know, you you're you're expecting that voice, but then you go into like a doctor droid. It's like ah yeah, look, I, I don't have time for this. Okay, <laughs> he's just you know like he he's the gruff droid. You find him maybe you know just like doesn't really care. He's smoking, oh. doesn't even have lungs. Would a medical droid have to carry malpractice insurance? Who would you sue if something went wrong with the medical droid? I think you could sue the facility. I think that's what you do. Hmm. Hmm. That seems kind of sketchy. <laughs> seems like that's a way to sort of like dodge the responsibility and the loss. Mm, I don't know. Now, do you have a know. do you have a favorite droid? And it doesn't have have to be in the movies. Like it could be in Clone Wars or Rebels or. Um, you know, or the novels or anything like that. Did you have a droid that really just stuck out to you or just like, you know what, if I had a droid, I'd want him to be this one? I've always been an, a huge fan of R2-D2 um, since the beginning. I, I've always loved R2-D2. R2-D2 is just the best. But if I expand that out and I start looking at things like the Clone Wars cartoon... I developed a special affinity for the commando droids. I thought those were really cool. Um, I really liked them a lot uh, because they were so much more interesting to me than, I mean, (laughs) you know what? No, I do know who my favorite would be because they got a laugh out of me every time because this is the part of me that's shaped by my dad is this is my sense of humor. P-1000. 
pit droids. I love pit droids. They are the best. Pit they droids. are the best. You're I the only person droids. who would ever answer as pit droids. That's not true. I'm telling you again. It's my. I remember taking my dad to go see uh, Phantom Menace, and he and I both laughing when the pit droid gets sucked into the engine and spat out. I can't watch that scene without laughing. I love that scene so much. It's so funny. Now, when I think pit droids, I think about um, pod race, Star Wars pod racing, Nintendo 64, because <laughs> yes. you could buy more pit droids, and they would help rebuild your your racer faster and and repair it faster and everything like that and they would always uh um like smack each other around if you bought more than one like they would never get along well yeah i yeah right there you go that's so yes i'll put so who's your favorite oh man like if i i'm trying i feel like there's a distinction between like my favorite and who i'd like to own or like who i'd like to have in my life now i will bring up one droid uh, because I love bringing up stuff about Star Wars that I know you don't know, because it makes me feel superior. And mm-hmm, it's uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, from the game Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, the the old the old game that's one of the best Star Wars games ever made. That I know that you have not played, even though I begged you to do it. I even offer, <laughs> I even offered to buy it for you. I did. I even offered to buy it for you, and you're like, no. I, I, it's become a trope now. You're just like, no, I refuse. But there's a droid in it called HK47, and he's an assassin droid. He's a hunter-killer assassin droid. That's what the HK stands Ooh. for. And he's a Jedi hunter. And he Ooh. was uh, constructed by a Lord of the Sith. And he's kind of a K2SO situation where he was he lost his memory and he was reprogrammed. And he he is a, a non-playable... Ca- Actually, no, he is a playable character. Like you can um, He can be a part of your crew and you can switch over and play him and everything like that, repair his components. And he's like super sassy. Like he's just like... He has no remorse, and he'll he'll kill you if if you if you cross him. But he's super matter of fact about it. He's just like he's like, Master, uh, do you want me to kill these people? Because I will do it right now. You know, like it's just like stuff like that, or like he'll call people meat bags. And I just <laughs> I think that's hilarious. But I wouldn't want a hunter killer assassin droid and Jedi hunter in my life. Um, so I'm a big sucker for um, things that are emotional and will show me affection that i don't have to feed or pick up after so i would probably go with bb8 to be in my life because i think that'd be adorable (laughs) the way you set that up is a really telling statement so (laughs) i'm just gonna let i'm just gonna let it lay there with everybody so that you know (laughs) uh so yeah no that's uh that's cool you know bb8 is cool i think that bb8 is one of the better creations to come out of the uh the sequel agreed era um i i do and regardless of where either one of us stands on last jedi i thought he was underutilized in last jedi i wanted a little more time with bb8 underutilized but, really i i, I feel like I, I feel like i could go both either way on that one where i'd say it was like he was underutilized where like we could have seen him a little bit more but the times that we did see him were a little ridiculous we were just like really like he's gonna pilot a walker okay i guess we're doing yeah. that oh okay fair enough I so I guess what I'm trying to say underutilized is I would have liked to see him be more integral to the forwarding of the story. Yeah, yes, I think we're in agreement. I, I would have liked to see him carry it forward. Anyway, um, so yeah, I mean this has been this has been fun. Who did who did, you know droids that they're just a part of our lives now thanks to Star Wars. So uh, we're all I guess we're all waiting on C3PO to show up with the robotics revolution here because. Uh, I'll feel a lot better if I have a whole bunch of C-3PO's walking around instead of 
you know, like realistic looking Terminator robots as receptionists or something like that. Or like, like those that, you know? horribly creepy Sophia droids or whatever they're called. Like worth yeah. like the bald cap and the the see through yeah. skull, but they still have the the face. Ugh. Yeah, well, it's sort of like a um, what was it an ex machina, but without hair, right. sort of thing. You know, like you can see all the bleepy things in the background, but yeah. So, uh, but uh, th- this has been great. If anybody wants to bug you online about uh, about droids and your opinions on them, where can they find you? Well, if you want to reach the show, if you want to contact Great Shot Kid, uh, we'd love to hear from you. I know that Schindler and, and John would love to hear from you guys and your thoughts on droids. And uh, and also, side note, how awesome was it that Lucas trademarked the term droids? That's just amazing. Um, I feel like we could get a lot of audience participation in this concept. Like, reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the nerd party. Find us on Twitter at join nerd party. Or if you want to email the show, you can go to the nerdparty.com slash contact. Select Rate Shot Kid from the drop down menu, fill out the form, it'll send us an email. And uh, like, who are some of your favorite droids? Or are they are they conscious? Or are they really artificial intelligence? Or is it just a facsimile? Uh, let us know what you think. And you can find me online. You can find me anywhere you want at the Insane Robin. Um, just type that in, and you'll be able to find me. You can also find me on the network on a show called Nerd Nuptial, which is a show I host with my wife, where we look at married life through a nerd lens. And I also host a, a Star Trek show called Punch It Writing in Star Trek, where it's exactly what it sounds like. We talk about the writing in Star Trek and and do some of our own in the world of, of Star Trek. And, and, and maybe maybe soon we'll do one on droids and uh, we'll do one on, on Data or, or the Doctor or something like that. And, uh, and John, where, where can we find you else on the network and outside of it? Uh, well, here on the network, I'm, of course, uh, co-hosting Aggressive Negotiations with Matthew Rushing, and I am out there co-hosting Words with Nerds with my pal Craig, and if you want to harass me or uh, talk to me about anything, I am Kessel Junkie on your social network of choice. So thank you for joining us. Tristan, thank you for being on the show, and we will see you next time on Great Shot Kid. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.